Hey, I'm Timothy Field, Senior Associate Dean of Undergraduate Admission at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, co-author of the Black Families Guide, a conversation about education, parenting, and race. Welcome to the out. And this is Shereem Herndon Brown, uh, Chief Education Officer, Strategic Admissions Advice, also co-author of the Black Families Guide to College Admissions, and welcome to the out. Welcome to The Out, the Admissions Leadership Podcast, a series of conversations with people who have been climbing the leadership mountain in college admissions. Some are nearing the summit, some are already there, but how do they get there? And what can other climbers learn from their mindsets, habits, and experiences? I'm your host, Ken Anselment, VP for Enrollment Management at RHB, and as you heard with me today are Tim Fields and Shereem Herndon-Brown. I mean, we can start with your titles, right? But uh, your titles only tell part of the story and you gave some of it away in your introduction, right? So I wanna see if I've got this right. Um, March of 2022, you launched a podcast, right? Application to Admission. September, you launched the book you co-authored, Black Family's Guide to College Admissions, a conversation about education, parenting, and race. You have an organizational ecosystem, understanding the choices built around your expertise, the podcast, the book, and your blogs. Am I getting all of this right? You're making us sound real good. <laughs> we, we, we appreciate that. I, I was not aware that we had so many great things going on, but thank you. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you don't. Um, and this is the part where I say, I, I should note that I usually get a little starry-eyed when I'm in the presence <laughs> of authors, also when I'm in the presence of podcasters, um, but I'm not usually in the presence of media moguls. So uh, who knows where this is going to go? But honestly, all the silliness aside, what a year you guys are having. This is incredible. What's it been like? It's been exciting. I, I, I think, you know, when we first started out with the idea of the book in 2020, in the midst of a pandemic, uh, when the world was turning upside down, not only because of the pandemic, because of racial awakening, racial awakening, because George Floyd, all kinds of things. We just had an idea that we wanted to, you know, kind of, you know, help, you know, put a narrative out there about college admissions, specifically for black families. And then through that process, I think we learned a lot. Um, as far as talking with families, as far as talking with college counselors, other professionals throughout the field, and we kind of gained momentum. And then we realized that, you know, the book was just one platform, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, to have daily conversations building upon, you know, our contrast where Shereem has spent a lot of time on the application side, you know, helping families through that process as they go through. And obviously I spent, you know, over 20 years on the admission side reviewing the applications so, you know, how could we, you know, put this together and continue to find a lot of ways to get information out there about mm -hmm. the college process, about how it needs to start early, with the questions, and really, you know, speak to not only Black families about, you know, their, you know, kind of college going process, but also provide a resource for allies and those who want to support them in the process who may not uh, be Black, which we think is just as important as those who are going through the process. Mm. Yeah, and I think to just add on to that, I think that the podcast uh was you know organically kind of born out of the the need to promote the book at first you know we sure. wanted to make sure that the book that we knew was coming out in september of, of 2022 and the podcast we said you know let's not just kind of piggyback on our personal slash professional experiences but let's have a little bit of fun right? we equated to pti of, of college admissions right you know pardon the interruption if you yeah. watch espn 
and, and we wanted to just have a little bit of fun talking about what we knew know about professionally yeah. get a chance to talk to some of our favorite people in admissions uh world can you you were next on deck um so we wanted to just really highlight that we know a little bit about college admissions application and admission side but yes we were fully full throttle wanting to make sure that our book had a voice outside of just our you know initial readership yeah so I want to go back to maybe a little deeper, even into the origin story. Like, for example, I remember when this podcast was born. I can actually see myself in the moment that it kind of was an idea. Um, I don't know if I've said it on this show, but I'll reveal here and it may undermine whatever credibility I have as a host from this point forward. I was actually on a beach <laughs> um, in uh, on the Gulf of Mexico and um, I was having a mojito. Um, and it was noon somewhere, I should just say, but all of a sudden, like this idea popped into my head. I had been reading a magazine about podcast or a story about podcasting. And I started thinking, well, wait a minute. Um, so I can still see the moment, um, when it came into my head, was there something like that for you where there was this aha, you described a whole bunch of things that were going on, but was there this aha where you're like, we need to write a book or I need to write a book or take us back. The, 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 the book, definitely. I don't know if there was an aha moment for the podcast and Tim, maybe that would, the, the podcast was Tim's idea. So I'll, I'll say that. And again, we, I think it was born out of wanting to promote the book. The book origin comes from this Tim said the um, summer of 2020 when so much was going on. And there happened to be that this, what we call the black at IG movement mm -hmm. where through Instagram, so many students, particularly black students at, independent schools throughout the country were highlighting the micro and macro aggressions that were happening to them. Um, talking about just their everyday interactions with, with fellow students, with teachers that were just, you know, head scratching in a way of like, Ew, like I can't believe that this is happening to students at these, you know, schools that champion diversity in right. so many different ways. Um, the underlying thread in this was college counseling. You know, if you, if you looked at the, the hundred schools that, that kids were posting from, I could tell you that 85% of them had something to say about the college counseling program or their college counseling experience. I, having been an independent school student um, throughout my life, mm -hmm. grades one through 12, having worked at two into three, three independent schools throughout <laughs> my life and sending my kids to independent schools or independent schools that I actually worked at. But anyway, I understood these stories. I remember these stories and I was applauding these kids for having the courage to share that, you know, um, I didn't have that platform, that medium when I was a student uh, called Instagram. And it, it hurt me. It, it disappointed me. It didn't surprise me. And because of the college counseling that I was going through it, I said to myself, um, I need to write a book that can help these students get through the college counseling process at these independent schools. I say that because at the same time I was having um, West Town Schools, a boarding school I went to. Uh, was having our black and alumni our black alumni meeting that night to discuss these ig issues and i said to myself i should write a book and then i paused i'm not going to write a book <laughs> i'm not going to hold myself accountable so i reluctantly called tim tim and i know each other about 10 years and i said to myself hopefully he won't pick up the phone because we picked up the phone i shared this idea with him then we have to do it um oh, yeah so you know because if i just keep the idea to myself I'll do it knowing that I never will. Um, no one knows. So bottom line is that I called Tim, ring, ring, 
okay, good. He's not picking up this idea will go away. <laughs> and then he picks up. And immediately I said, hey, Tim, this is what's happening. This black at IG movement. You and I come from these two different walks of life. You're on the admission side. I'm on the application side. You went to historically black college university. I went to predominantly white institution. We have this dynamic that maybe we could talk about college admissions from a lens that hasn't been done historically. Mm-hmm. And immediately he was like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm thinking, okay, he's really not meaning that, but no, Tim really was the drive force behind getting this done where I think I had the idea, but from the logistical side of how to get it done, one ninety-seven percent of it was him. So we, you know, we worked well together in that mm-hmm. and we produced something that we're very, very proud of. It's a resource for black families, a resource for educators, for allies, anybody who wants to help, um, because we believe that this is a necessary tool, resource that that kids need in this country. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that. It also sounds like the two of you were made for each other in this process. You don't gotta... say that. Please, please, Ken, don't say <laughs> no, that. No, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> hey, hey, Ken, it's a, bad, it's a bad marriage. It's a bad marriage. We love each other Seriously. enough not to walk away. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we, realize we're, we're, we realize the house will come crumbling down if we walk away. But every day we think about it. Yeah, right? you know, the book, the, the, the book and the podcast are our kids, and we want to stay together for them. So it's for right, the right. children. Yeah. But... You know, Shereen, what you described, though, is the, the self-knowledge of um, idea. I'm a starter. I, I've got this thing. But sometimes you need to have that person who's your, your follow-through, who's the accountability keeper. And um, it sounds like the universe wasn't going to not let this happen if you were going to reach out to him. Well said. Well said. And again, I think that highlights our strengths. Um, yeah as professionals, the highlights our personalities. And again, I'm able to, Tim's got a very unique role. I mean, he's the senior associate dean at one of the most prestigious selective universities in the country. I did work at Georgetown University as a lowly admissions officer 20 years ago. I've heard of I that place the, too. Yeah. yeah, but again, it, it was not a senior associate dean. Um, I've worked <laughs> at, you know, independent school as a college counselor. And yes, I have the old educational consulting company, but educational consultants who write about college counseling come off as, you know, how to get into Harvard. I had no desire to write about how to get into Harvard because I don't know. Um, what I did <laughs> want to do was provide a resource. What I did want to do was balance a, for black families to understand the choices. Again, that was Tim's name that. He named the, 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 the umbrella, but I wanted black families to understand historically black college universities, and I didn't go to one. I wanted black families to understand predominantly white institutions. I did go to one. Mm-hmm. So that balance, again, is, is really complemented well and you know him working at Emory. So again, all these different things. And through the years, I've asked him, how can you be a Morehouse grad working at Emory? Why don't you just go back to your alma mater and be the head guy there? And Tim, I'll let you explain what you told me for years before we wrote the book about that. Yeah, so you know, he he just, it, it baffled him. He's, he's like, you know, why not just go to Morehouse and you could, you know, be Dean of Admission. And I said, you know, I, I love my alma mater, but the reality is I have a bigger platform for Emory. Mm. So whenever I go to diverse populations and, you know, places that, you know, people want to seek Emory, I'm introduced as Timothy Fields. Oh, where did you go to school? I went to Morehouse College. So then a, a bigger, vast population learns about Morehouse College or then they have to say, huh, I haven't heard of Morehouse College. What is Morehouse College? And then all of a sudden that creates a larger platform. And then just the, the other reality is, you know, can you know this the way the hierarchy of higher education is, you know, Morehouse has name brand, 
in in of itself that is very recognizable. But you know, Emory is in the top twenty. It has this large endowment. You know, it right. you know there are people who are applying from all sorts of places. So you know, I you know know that you know having that platform that gets me in places that you know Morehouse absolutely could. But you know, Emory it allows that. And you know, throughout this process, I think you know that Emory the support of it. You know, and then you know having the backing of the administration and the leadership and support of that. You know, really has helped this as well. So you know, obviously love my alma mater and do all I can uh, for them. But, you know, I think Emory working there and being having that balance that I think Shereen talks about, but having both perspective of saying, oh, I've been to PWI for 20 years, but I know what it's like to go to HBCU. And so as I'm talking with families, as I'm talking with counselors, to lean on that perspective is something that, you know, is very useful um, as far as in uh, this work. Yeah. How... Um... I want to come back to the book in a, in a bit, but something you described is we're talking about sparks a question, which is you both have day jobs, right? Um, but you have these, other, I wouldn't even call it, side hustle doesn't give it enough, enough power to describe what it is that you're doing, but you have these multiple competing big tent priorities. X's and O's, how do you, how do you manage all of those pieces um, because you've, you've taken on a lot more and you said, you know, now you've got this family, this podcast, this book, you have the, the ecosystem, um, you have your blog writings, all of those pieces. How do you, how do you manage all of those things? I think the first piece is just, you know, um, communication. I, th I think that's the foundation, um, you know, really articulating, you know, what are the peak times, uh, for me at Emory, what are the peak times uh, for him and, you know, his, uh, his business, and really kind of, you know, laying out a schedule. Mm -hmm. um, we can say throughout this process, there's not one hour in the 24 hour day that we have not talked. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, you know, we've talked at two, three in the morning, hey, I can't sleep, I got this idea. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was really kind of organized and maximizing the time, but, you know, saying, understanding that, you know, right now, Shereen is in the heart of, you know, kind of getting applications out for his mm -hmm. clients and making sure that they can, you know, get that process. So saying, okay, you know, we need this time. And then he understanding that, you know what, in January, February, March, we're going to have to kind of manage, you know, if, if something comes up when we're going to travel. And so having an entire schedule, uh, you know, really being honest with each other about, you know, this week, it's not going to work um, is I think the foundation of it. So I think communication, organization, and then yeah, at the end of the day, just honesty, like I don't have it. Like there were some mm. times when we were writing the book you know, and, you know, Shereen maybe was going through something as his son was applying to college. He's like, I can't do this right now. So, you know, I need you to take the lead on, you know, meeting this deadline for this draft. I need you to, you know, you know, coordinate this this meeting uh, with this person so we can keep this moving because right now I can't do it. And I think that brutal honesty yeah. is one of the things that has kind of, you know, helped us, you know, kind of get get through this. Oh, wow. That's good. Good advice. Were there moments along the way? You know, Shereen, once this got going, you, you're saying you're, you, you had your fingers crossed when you were describing, you know, ringing up Tim. Were there moments once the train got moving that it ever went off the rails or it was threatened to go off the rails and you thought, nah, we, um, we're not going to make it? Or No, and, and again, I, I'll give that to Tim. I, I think I, um, no, this book was going to get done. I think we always said go. this is a purposeful purposeful project. 
Okay. And so we were committed to the book. However, as he mentioned, you know, my son got some, he was a recruited back. He got some pretty bad news. He had committed to a college and then stuff fell through. And mm. man, it was hard for me as a dad to kind of accept that because it's my kid now. Like, you know, screw the profession. Now, now I'm just worried about my kid. Um, and I know that Tim said to himself, you know, I'm going to get this book done with or without you. And I didn't want to leave him. I didn't want, you know, like a marriage, right? No, no, no. Um, I didn't want to disappoint him. Like, you know, I couldn't follow through. So, yes, I mean, it, it's, it was a process that I knew in my heart I needed to be, I needed to happen. I didn't always know how, but I, I would have been extremely disappointed in myself had I not completed this because of where the origins of it, because I had the accountability, but also because, again, we ha- we're in a unique position, two black men, two black educators, two black parents writing a book about college admissions from a personal pro- and professional perspective hasn't been done. Yeah. There have been other black authors that have written about college admissions, absolutely. But because of our HBCU PWI dynamic, because we're both fathers of twins, because I went to a private school in my life, went to public school in my all his life, because I'm a first generation college student, he's a fourth generation college student. I mean, we had all these great parallels and all points of intersection like yeah. that we needed to highlight about college admission that I'm proud of us for getting it done. Did I ever think it wouldn't get done? No, mm. I didn't know how. And and that, that was frustrating. But again, he kept the train on the track to answer your question. But man, come on. Don't, don't, don't do that. I mean, he's trying to be rosy. No, it, it, it got hard, Ken. It got yeah. really hard. There, there, there were times just because, you know, the nature Shereen is a starter. He's an idea person. Yes. One of the yes. books that, you know, uh, we read, you know, together was Rocket Fuel. And it, you know, kind of talked about, you know, the founding of McDonald's, how, you know, I think Ray Crockett is his name. Yeah, had, had the Ray idea, Crockett. but but then there was somebody behind it who made it happen. Disney, yeah. obviously, you know, Walt Disney had the idea, but his brother was the engine and like all these kind of dynamics. Mm. So Shereen, you know, was, you know, the idea person like, oh, we can a visionary, the visionary, the, visionary. The visionary and, and integrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, yep. and then he's like, you know, how is this going to happen? And then like. You know, while we were doing this, he's like, hey, when are we going to get this marketing? You know, we're going to market this book. We got, I was like, eh, we got to finish the book. If we don't have a book, there's nothing to market. And like there were times that like he was checked out like, yeah, I want to do this, but I'm ready to go to the next idea, the next idea, the next idea. Yeah. And so, you know, we had, you know, those, <laughs> those those push and pull moments that like, you know, you know, we got with Johns Hopkins University Press. It was like kind of a hurry and wait. Hey, we need this draft by this day. And then, you know, I was like, hey, it's in three days. And he's, and then we ended up, you know, writing for 12 hours to meet that deadline. And he was like, Man, why are you on my back? I was like, well, we got to get this done. So, you know, we, we, <laughs> yeah. we went out, we, we went at each other. But then on the other thing, you know, side of it, you know, in strengths, you know, he's an English major. And so, you know, as we were writing, he would re- get a point to like, I can't read this anymore because every time I read it, I'm going to find something wrong with it. So we just need to turn it over. And so, you know, one of the things that we do, if anything goes out in writing, he has to be the last person, you know, to see it, you know, because to make sure that, you know, (laughs) but, but he's like, you write it, you'll put it together. I'm just going to clean it up and make it right. And so, uh, you know, just understanding our strengths, our weaknesses has been a big part of it, but yeah, there's definitely uh, were some 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 so some moments and you know to Shereen's point we held each other accountable like yeah. there's no way we could have done this individually together um mm. that you know us you know you know pushing each other in different ways and building on our strengths and weaknesses was a major part of it getting done the podcast and us you know continuously 
uh, to keep each other moving forward. And, you know, there's a lot of good momentum that's happening right now. And I think it's a lot because of the foundation that we've established over the last two, two years. Oh yeah. You're, you're dropping great advice though. I mean, whether you're writing a book or whether you're delivering a project together on your team, you know, it might, might not be something as grand as a book. It might be a presentation that you're doing, but it's creating that the accountability, but also recognizing what each person's bringing. If it's two people, if you got more than that, it changes the dynamic, right? But did you have to set ground rules for each other when you were doing that? Did you already know enough about each other? Like where your strengths complemented each other and your weaknesses? No, no, we didn't, have, we didn't know. So this is our first real engagement. Tim has this quote that he used to put on social media, no new friends. And I used to be hurt by that. You know, I was like, I mean, what do you mean? Like we're hanging out pretty tough. I, I, I'd like to think you're my friend, but <laughs> I guess I'm not one of those. I'm an only child, so I'm sensitive that way. I think, I think what really helped us and it continue to help us, and I'll even say this on record so Tim knows it, I know my role. Yes, I'm a starter. I'm a big idea person, but I'm the number two. And that's okay. And we did this as a 50-50 project in terms of the work that we're doing. Yeah. But I know that his title at Emory gets us into rooms that we might not have otherwise. I know that his personality and, and his strengths helped to get the book to, to Johns Hopkins University Press. You know, he wanted... I wanted to sell it out of our trunk as self-published. He was like, no, and academic press needs to be behind this. It's his idea for, mm-hmm. for the podcast and understand the choices. So me, I can't deny that. And, you know, I have to be humble enough. And humility is not a bad thing. It's not tucking my tail to my legs and being, okay. No, <laughs> I have ideas to share with him. But I understand that his leadership in this podcast about Amish's leadership is unique. Um, he is a rare person, a unicorn mm-hmm. in this industry where Again, if there is someone out there who has the same qualifications, please don't shoot me. But Tim went to an HBCU, but has but is a, is a senior leadership of admissions at a, at a PWI. That's pretty big, mm-hmm. and and I, and I recognize that. So we always say he's Batman, and I'm Alfred. I'm not Robin. <laughs> I'm Alfred. And <laughs> I see you're a DC, you're a C, DC Comics fan on the back wall over there, and I'm okay with that. I'm Batman in my business, right? And I'm Robin in my marriage, that's for sure. Or maybe even go. Alfred, or maybe, <laughs> maybe the maid behind Alfred in my marriage. But, uh, but, but all that said, there are other opportunities in my life for me to be Batman. This isn't it. In this space, Tim has proven time and time again to want this project to fly. And more often than not, his ideas and his execution have been right for us. Um, so... I gotta, I, I gotta support that, recognize it. But you're right. I mean, what strengths do I bring to it? I bring, yes, the writing mm-hmm. ability um, um, is, is 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 probably my forte. But also, yeah, that might be it. But no, I, no, no. I, I mean, I, I mean, as, as y'all can see, we we have you know one of the things that you know hopefully it, it comes across like this, and by no means is it intentional. We have different personalities. Like yeah. you know, he he is a bigger personality. Like you know, I'm even kill. We're gonna get this done. But, you know, when we get in front of people, there's just an energy he has, be it from New York, whatever the case is that, that he mm-hmm. brings. And, and we just did a presentation last night and people talk about how we feed off each other and how, how we're different. And so we're never competing to be, yeah. you know, in each yeah. other's spaces. Like, you know, I know, you know, in a presentation what he's going to bring. He knows what I'm going to bring. And we're going to kind of bring, you know, our contrast of experiences. And that's one of the things we wanted to highlight that Blacks are the monolith. 
that, you know, he went to independent schools all his life. You know, his children go to independent schools. Like it's, you know, while I work at Emory and I go in to recruit them, I don't know what it's like to be in those spaces. I went to public school, you know, I rode a bus. Like like my my experience is different. My, my wife and I want our kids in public school. Like I'm a four generation college student. So the idea of going to college was like a no brainer. Like I, as long as I can remember, I've been on a college campus. And so where he's a first generation. So the way we saw the world was completely different. And so as we were going through this process, there, I mean, we had to learn a lot about one another. When I, you know, I could tease, there were some battles, you know, we, you know, fought, hung on each other. I had to call, say, I'm sorry, you know, you know, I apologize. I didn't mean to talk to you like that. I mean, we went through all of that, but I think there's a, a respect that we had for one another. I think we understood how purposeful and meaningful this, this was going to be. And we continue to learn about one another. I mean, you know, we're, we're two years into this, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we have the podcast going, we have the book going, we're thinking about what, what are next steps, you know, now, you know, there's kind of the managing organization and money yeah. mm-hmm. and all kinds of other things, scale that, you know, we are recognizing, you know, where we need help, you know, and just kind of thinking about what are the next steps. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of that, you know, it's all about communication, being honest are really the things that, you know, kind of really have made this a success. And there's a, just a mutual respect we have for one another uh, that, you know, I think, you know, is going to, is the driving force behind it. Yeah. Thank you for, this is a fascinating study in collaboration. So I really appreciate you kind of going a little more into the weeds on that process, but I think it's applicable and people can take lessons from I can take lessons from that. <laughs> I, I, um, Shreem, I think I, I have some some share some of your proclivities. Um, good news is I, I work with I work with people a lot like Tim, um, maybe not the same experiences, but have that skill set of the all right, Ken, come on now, come on down here. We got to get rain it in. We got to We got to get this thing done. <laughs> well, so, so the, the, the funny part about that, Ken, is if you ask people that work with me in the office, I'm the ideas guy. They're hmm. like, you know, Tim. Yeah, Tim's okay. not the details guy. Like, like, we don't need to go to Tim about details. Whereas in this, you know, because of, you know, kind of Shereen's energy, I have to be that. Like one of my friends, I told them that, you know, in this, I was kind of the details person. I was the one make meeting deadlines and stuff like that. And they almost fell off the ground laughing. And I didn't know how I should feel about that. They were like, that's, <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. And I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's who you have to be. And I, I think, you mm. know, to one of the points Shereen, you know, made is like, you know, yes, obviously we have our strengths, but, you know, sometimes we have to, you know, step into roles depending upon what needs to be done yeah. uh, that will, you know, push us. And I think, you know, there are a lot of things that I've learned throughout this, like, you know, editing a podcast, you know, kind of, you know, you know, also on social media, uh, you know, just different things to try and, you know, kind of put this out there. We've learned a lot about kind of the publishing world and how, how that works a lot about kind of marketing and what, what you, we should do. And, you know, we've had a lot of wins, but we've had a lot of fails as well, but I think we continue uh, to keep pushing and see what works. And because we think on top of all that, we think this is a great resource and that the message needs to be out there and we want to get it to as many people as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Any surprises on the journey to the book launching and after? You know, because I, 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 sometimes you have the, yeah, what if we go through all this, this, this thing we think is a wonderful idea and 
crickets, which isn't going to happen. It's never going to happen. But yeah, Ken, you're onto something. And I and I'm you know how real do you want to get, Ken? How real as real as you want to get. You want to? Does you really think he wants to train? Hey, let's go. Let's go. I'm gonna give it to him. I'm gonna give it to him. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are disappointed that the book has not been as well received by black people in college admissions and independent schools. Really? Um, I will go out on a limb and say I, right? So that Tim sure. doesn't get caught up out there because I wrote the book from I my experience as an independent school kid who really wanted to connect with independent school people and wanted them to then bring us in to present to their black parents and families. Westminster, great school in Atlanta, Georgia, had brought us in last night and they were amazing. Check. Marlboro School in LA brought us in. Mm. They were, Juwan has been with us from the Dr. Juwan Wild, been with us from the beginning. Um, I know I'm missing a school, but the the the, the black the friend did school. Not, yeah, but but again, that's Kathleen. She's a white white person. So okay. what we have found is we've been extremely well received and, and the value that we believe that we're bringing is being identified by white people like yourself, Ken, and then wanting to share our message where I was hoping maybe naively that some of my former colleagues, counterparts, whatever you want to call them, um, would, would really um, embrace us. And again, it's not a personal attack as much as it is a reality that I have felt, and maybe I'm just too sensitive to it. Mm. Tim has been helping me to see that we have to go, we have to continue to kind of be who we are and beat the drum and, you know, knock down walls. But we've been so fortunate. And I'll talk about the other fortunate part. The good surprise is that the allies, educators and allies who are not necessarily black people um, in higher education, independent school space have really embraced us. We've had a ton of CBOs and, you know, less selective colleges and our parent groups reach out to us and we're, we're grateful for that. We're truly grateful, but we are, uh, we are really eating off the, the fact that people like you, people like uh, um, uh, friends, uh, Wilmington friends, um, we, we have other organizations, other educators who believe in us, believe in our mission, see the importance of it, and then are having us come. So all we want to do is amplify a message. Yeah. So if anybody's out here listening to this saying, oh my God, he doesn't know what he's talking about, then bring us in. Because all we want to do, this is not, we're not making, you know, gazillion dollars off of Johns Hopkins University Press royalties. <laughs> no. What we're trying to do is help people. And the more people can recognize that, the more people we can help. Well said. And that is a surprise. Again, and it, it, it is what it is. It's not a, a shot to anybody. If somebody wants to challenge me on it, you know where I am. But until 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 they bring me in, you're proving my point. Right. But anyway, right. I digress. Tim, you have anything to add to that? <laughs> I mean, you know, this is one of the places where we kind of, you know, kind of veer a little, uh, separate a little bit. But I, th I think, you know, what I have found is that, you know, what I say is we're swimming upstream. We're yeah. trying to get people to understand, you know, a message in something that, you know, maybe they're not prepared to hear or, or maybe the school mm. or setting that they're in, there's some other dynamics at play that they, you know, won't, you know, that won't allow it them to bring us in right now that they're trying, 
you know, to work through. Uh, but, you know, I'm much more a, a bigger picture that, you know, those of us, those who want to, you know, read the book, those who want to share the book, those who want to, you know, be open to the conversation, uh, those are the places uh, that, you know, we want to be. Um, but, you know, we continue to go every day like nobody knows who we are hmm. um, to mm -hmm. try and get our name out there as much as possible. Um, because we just feel so strongly about this resource and some of the things that are highlighted in the book and the conversations that can come from it and just, you know, the impact that it can make because there is an information gap. The amount of, you know, where Black people, Black students get their information is primarily school counselors, is primarily people outside of their home. And a lot of those people, you know, don't have similar backgrounds, don't have similar experiences. And so we wanted to have a resource that spoke specifically to them. Now, Blacks are on a monolith, they're different type of experiences, but because of the experiences that we're bringing where I can talk about my HBCU, my public school experience, he can talk about his independent, he can talk about his application experience, he can talk about the first generation, I can talk about fourth generation, he can talk about, you know, being a father of a recruited division one athlete mm -hmm. who potentially, you know, could go on and play the pros. I can talk about being a college athlete and what that was like in that experience. And then we can go from all these different perspectives, but yeah. then we also talk to hundreds of families. We talked to several counselors, like this didn't happen in a vacuum. So we're building, you know, our knowledge base off a collective, you know, the conversations that, you know, Ken and I, you know, you and I have, at, you know, college merit, we sit around these people from, you know, all around the yeah. country and we just, you know, kind of learn from one another. And so that's where this collective information, you know, comes from and we want to continue uh, to get it out there. So, you know, do I feel as strongly as Shereem about that? No. Uh, but do I think we have a long way to go? A lot of people we need to get in front of um, and a lot yeah. of books to sell. Yes, we we, right. we need to do that. But we're you know, every day, you know, trying to put it out there, whatever we can. And we thank you uh, for opportunities like this to share uh, with your um, network. Because one of the things Shereen, you know, asked, you know, we like have daily check-in calls. He said, what are you excited about today? I said, I'm excited to talk to Ken. Oh. And the reason I'm excited to talk to Ken, one, uh, you know, he, you know, is a close colleague, a friend, we spend time together. But two, he presents an opportunity. Somebody's going to hear about this book who yep. didn't know about it. Yep. And, and for every person who did know about the book, maybe it's not in their immediate radar, there's potential that that one person can share with somebody else mm -hmm. and it continues to spread. And so mm -hmm. uh, these opportunities are, you know, kind of they mean so much. And I, I really want to thank you. Well, thank you for thank you for that. But thank you for coming in, too. And coming in. It's not like you're in my house, but. Wish you were. The, we uh, are, yeah. 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 You're in the Zoom. Shereen's looking at your wall. He sees. He, yeah. he, he yeah. sees the Superman on the wall. But but hearing too, what you've gone through from idea to action, to book to product, is you know you don't always get that story about a about a work and and hearing the tool set that each of you is bringing to this too. I mean, people can read about that stuff, but hearing you describe it. I thank you for that. It, it it enlivens it even more. And yes, I hope that there are people among the listeners that say, I got to check this out and I got to put this into somebody's hands. Um, and I think that'll happen. Let's speak it out into the universe and make it happen. Let it go. We're ready. Um, handle it. Handle it. All right. I wouldn't be doing my job as this podcast host 
if uh, we didn't go down the other side of the mountain. So I have this rapid descent thing that I do because I'm all about metaphors. I, too, was an English major, Shireem. So, I mean, my whole life is painted with metaphors and similes and stuff like that. So um, eight quick questions. I would love to hear answers from each of you. Um, and we'll just go back and forth on them. Uh, and this will form the list uh, uh, that I'll, I'll, I'll post on the post on the show as well. So you guys ready? Rapid descent. Question number one. What is your walkout song? And maybe you guys get one for like when you go in front of the crowd to talk about your book, you can do you the have walk in song or walk out. Oh, well, you know, I, I, <laughs> it's the first time. Somebody's, your walk-in song, like your hype song, you're ready to walk out onto the stage or you're ready to walk out into the batter's box or you're going to walk up to the pitcher's mound, pick your whatever. Got to give it up. No, that's, it's got to give it up by Marvin Gaye. That, that's, oh. that's mine. That's that's mine. Uh, you don't know, Jay-Z. Okay. Question number two. Aside from your book, what's the best thing you've read lately? I would say the book I, we, I was referring to, Rocket Fuel. Um, yeah. Definitely. I, I think, you know, that really kind of, you know, touched upon kind of where people sit in organizations, what their strengths are, um, that, you know, there are multiple people who can have leadership roles. Uh, so, yeah, I think it really provided a perspective, helped me better understand uh, Shireen and how he mm -hmm. operates and, you know, how I can use my strengths to move this forward. Rocket Fuel. Rocket Fuel. Um. I'm going to say totally different direction, just having to learn about something that I probably doesn't come to my mind a lot. It's a book by Rebecca Walker. Um, uh, she's writing, she wrote a book about women and their understanding of money, women talking about money and giving testimonies about how they were taught about money and how they use money. And that is not something as a man that I think about a lot, but mm. she, and she, she edited a, 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 what do they call it? An anthology yeah. of, um, of women discussing money. So I think Rebecca presented that to me because it's really, it, it's really, really good. I'm going to okay. love it. Rebecca Walker sent you a book? Man. Rebecca, Walk Rebecca <laughs> Walker sent us books because Tim met her when her son was visiting Emory and Rebecca has been integral wow. part of our editing, um, not editing process because she, um, Tim gave her an early version of the book, but um, of our marketing, when our book was first released, he helped us with, some of the op-eds that we pitched. So no, Rebecca's been great. And I, you know, took the time to read her own work and I'm really, really impressed by it. I'm glad nice. that she's someone that we know. Cool. Cool. You have something on your list you want to read next? Um, I have to get through this because of the Supreme Court decision yeah. coming up from University of North Carolina and Harvard. I got to get through this uh, Shape of the River book, which was mm. a 20 year edition now um, by William Baca. I forget the, the other guy uh, who wrote it with him, but I know that they were, two former presidents of Ivy League institutions who discussed affirmative action and its value and how, you know, the, the narrative that students who, you know, black students and Latinx students who get into college under the premise that they're just there to fill a quota and then are they really helping themselves or the institution, how that's a myth. So I am, that is the premise. I know I heard about it 20 years ago. I probably wasn't knowledgeable to understand it the way I am now. So I have it. I ordered it, and I just haven't had the time to sit and look. Can't imagine it, but why. Probably... Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm looking forward to digging into it. Hopefully, over the holiday. Yeah. No, no there's not a book that I'm looking forward to reading right now because I'm going to read a book a day for the next three months, kid. Wait a minute, what? Read File a... season, reading season. Like, oh, I. 
Yeah, no, like, <laughs> you know, reading, I will do plenty of reading yeah. in the next three to four months. So, you know, I hear you. Is there a book on my radar? No, but I, I will get my reading in. The next application you'll read will be the thing you are eager to read next. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That's, that's the that's the razor focus of the job. Well you got to keep it fresh. Um, You have a favorite podcast? How I Built This by Guy Raz, which again, I know is a popular one amongst yep. a lot of people, but as an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. um, someone who likes stories, I like I like that NPR Guy Raz podcast a lot. Um, there's other ones, but that that one leaps probably the one I listened to the most recently. So okay. I, I like, like that one a lot. Yeah, same. Earn Earn Your Leisure. Uh, it's definitely um, they're doing a lot of good things, um, you know, highlighting kind of, you know, finance and stock market, uh, okay. particularly for, you know, uh, the black community to kind of really help them learn about it. And so they they're doing some really good work. And so I think it's, you know, a way that people can learn a little bit about the stock market without being overwhelmed mm-hmm. and about finance, entrepreneurship. So I'm enjoying listening okay. to that. A lot to learn right now for crying out loud. Um, all right. A little lighter. You have a favorite thing to make in the kitchen? Yes. Um, I really enjoy making enchiladas. Mm. So, uh, you and makes a mean one. Yeah. It makes a mean one. He, he made enchiladas for us at Martha's Vineyard this summer. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. So, 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 some enchiladas. So, here, here's what happened in the pandemic. I learned how to do three things I learned how to make some good enchiladas. I learned how to, you know, perfectly fry some chicken and make a great margarita. That was, you know, what Hello. I did. Okay. You know, during the pandemic. Done. So yeah, I I I enjoy, I enjoy to cook. I enjoy to, you know, create in the kitchen and but enchiladas is that's my thing right now. Your rocket fuel, so to speak. There you go. <laughs> He'll be here all day. He'll be here all day, ladies and gentlemen. I will um I'm a breakfast maker. My wife put in her vows um <laughs> that I need to promise that I'll make her breakfast forever. Um, so I make breakfast <laughs> to my family. I haven't done it recently, but I make mean chocolate chip waffles. Ooh. Um, and, and, um, I chop up fruit. Uh, I can make an assortment of eggs in a variety of ways. So my kids are very, very much spoiled. If you ask my kids, you know, a father's day, what do you love about your dad? Um, um, he makes me breakfast. That's all they say. And they, first part of it bothers me, but I do realize I am pretty good at it. So I'll take it. <laughs> Three more questions. What do you use to so, t- take and keep your notes? You a paper keep, pen a paper or are you a digital? I'm, 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 a, I'm a paper guy more. I go in between the two because I want to be a digital, but I'm not. Yeah. But so I end up having them. I end up not taking notes, but that way. But a lot of it is paper <laughs> if I do take notes. Got it. I have a lot of uh, journals. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and, I, and I, I keep it. So like if you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking around my desk right now. There are five or six journals that I could open up and say, oh, I was in this meeting in 2018, and this okay. is what we talked about. And, you know, in higher education, it's the same thing we're talking about now, which is funny. But, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just keep a journal, and then when it runs out, get another one. You know, so if you need a sponsor, Mohawk is uh, my preference. I was going to ask, who's your – okay, Mohawk is your go-to? <laughs> yeah, nice. there you go. Nice. Um, memorable bit of advice you've received. What's a memorable bit of advice? Other than the stuff you guys have been giving out about how to collaborate, yeah. What I what I will say is what I share with my children, and I'll I'll share with you know anybody. Life isn't fair. Um, you know, fair is a yeah. place where they judge pigs. So <laughs> if you're if you're looking for you know like okay. why is it that fair? You know, this didn't happen. It didn't work out. Uh, you know, I say you know you got to figure it out. So mm. you know, 
I try and tell my kids that very early on as they're trying to, you know, navigate the world and something that, you know, I realize every day that life isn't fair and it's just uh, something important. Uh, can I have so many, you know, mantras slapped on my wall all over my office and, you know, uh, sayings that kind of run through my mind um, that it would be fair to narrow it down to one. So I'll just give you one of the many um, that I probably tell myself. I want to use that one. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll use it because I can't narrow it down. I'm Tim is right. Thing. Tim is right. Is that what you said? No, I, that's not what I found myself. That's never. You know, you know in, in radio, you don't want this lull. And so, you know what I'm saying? You need to I, give I, the people something. No, I, I mean, authentic. we're all waiting. I'm, I'm, being con- I'm, I'm being contemplative. Really. I'm, I'm, I'm really, there was, there was a drum roll. Okay, relax. Um, <laughs> do hard things, right? And mm. when I say do hard things, writing a book is a hard thing. Staying married as I have been for 23 years is a hard thing. Um, taking myself a little bit, removing myself from my son's college process the way, unlike I thought I would, Mm. you know, allowing my son to land where he landed, but not overtaking it the way I probably wanted to, um, do hard things. I'll I'll run with, I'll I'll do that for that. You know, I, I tell my students that many times. All right. Last one. Presuming you have a bucket list. What's an item on there that you haven't yet checked off? I want to skydive. Hmm. is not having that. (laughs) I'm terrified of heights. (laughs) Terrified. There's no way. So so, so we're not we're not gonna do that when we make New York Times bestseller. No. Go hop out of plane. How about this? My bucket list has nothing to do with you. I'm gonna (laughs) take my wife to Italy and ride on a gondola and go for some kind of uh, uh, Mediterranean Northern African tour Ooh. vacation with my wife, whether it's Italy, you know, Dubai, Egypt, five, five-star hotels. You okay. know, like I, I want I, I want the real walk out of my room, give me a pedicure type hotel. <laughs> That's the intrusive pedicure. Best kind. Hey, walk out of the room. And- do my feet. That's that's the kind of that's the kind of coming coming to, coming to America. Um, yes, yes, yes. I've I've awakened my wife in the bed like. Um, what people don't know is I'm really just looking for a bucket list. So everybody's just giving me stuff to put on my own. And I appreciate that. Cause those both sound, those both sound really good. Maybe skydiving in Italy, just to do a mashup of the, what the two of you are doing. There you Knock go. Land in a gondola. Shereem and Tim, thank you for coming on the show and for sharing your story of the, the birth of the book and the the difficult parts, the, the good parts, but what you learned about working with each other. I think that's there's a lot of great advice in here, and I appreciate it. It's been good catching up with both of you. No, we, we, we appreciate the platform, um, Ken, and Tim you know, has said a lot of gr- great things about you, so we appreciate your work in the space yeah. and, and being you know, not, not more than an ally, but an educator who's who's committed to, to you know diversity, equity, and justice. I know it's a buzzword, but it's it's really um, uh, evident in a lot of things that you do. So oh, thank, thank you for being a good human gotcha. being. Being a good human being, first and foremost. Thank you. Yeah, and this is, it's always good to you know spend time with you, Ken. Uh, you know, look forward to seeing you uh, in the upcoming uh, weeks. But you know, I appreciate your platform. Appreciate all you do in the field, and you know, you're just a fun guy, man. So it's always good around people who got good energy. 
good to be with both of you. Thank you. Um, In the show notes, I'll provide relevant links to Rocket Fuel and your book and everything else so people can go find what they need to find. But Rebecca um, Walker's book. Rebecca Walker's book, absolutely. Um, In the meantime, Tim and Shereen, may all your big dreams come true, at least the good ones. And to you, dear listener, (laughs) thanks for listening. Be well and do well.